Dave, I got to know, what were you just humming? What was that? Um, I don't know. What is that? Is it tequila? Tequila. No. Oh, no, it's the be. Uh, wait, is it Bewitched? What was that? Do it again. Yeah, I think it's Bewitched, isn't it? Yeah, that's Bewitched. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I got to call back in. I hit the wrong button. Oh, the joys of technology. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin states in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 9th. Cavaliers kick off their season in just a few weeks. Camp is well underway. Football is on uh, on the, the, the trajectory, so to speak, right? Like, it's like on the radar. It's not like a thing that you're thinking about down the road. It's like soon. Um, and then, and we've actually, you know, we, we, I don't know about, I can't necessarily speak for the other, uh, two co-hosts uh, on this here program, but the preseason also misses East sort of sat in a little bit the other day. It was a moment. It was a, it was a brief moment, but it was a moment. Nonetheless, we will talk, um, we're going to talk football. Obviously the, 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 the topic of, um, just about everybody in the league the last few days, the last week or so, um, has been realignment. We're going to touch on that uh, for a little bit and then we'll kind of shift slightly into kind of looking around the ACC in a different way. We're going to uh, – we kind of like to do this before the season to, to kind of look around the league and sort of talk about some of the teams and, and and that kind of thing. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spence, is on the show. How's it going, my friend? I'm a little confused. I'm in the wrong Zoom meeting. I thought we were here for a vote. Uh, who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. See, last week y'all were like, oh, we're not going to be funny. And now look at you. That was very well done. Uh, also on this year program in Charlottesville, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber is also with us this evening. How's it going, my dude? If we were, uh, if we were about to sign a grant of rights, I would probably just not come on. I would just not show up for the call um, like some schools did on the Pac-12 call last week. Um, Brad, you're not getting me on any contracts. Sorry. I'm week, <laughs> I'm week to week. I'm day to day. <laughs> At Justin underscore for on Twitter. Uh, Cavs Corner is also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Also, I'm not ever going to call it X. So, yeah. If, you, if you're looking for that, it's called Twitter, and that's where we are. I haven't heard a single person actually call it that. I've only heard people make jokes about it, but then like the app is like still beating you over the head with it, even though it's like you see it and you're like, oh yeah. Or I'm always like, where's the Twitter app on my phone? Like because <laughs> they change the color. Yeah, yeah, you know? they can change the color and the name. Um, yeah, I was kind of salty. It's just an app they... formally known as Twitter. That's yeah, that's exactly. It yeah, it's like the print sign. It's print. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in the spot on your phone where that app is supposed to be, except it's not. It doesn't look like that app. Um. All right, let's talk around. Let's talk a little, little bit around the the subject, at least of of realignment. Um, listen, it is nine twenty four on Wednesday evening on the on this here East Coast. Uh, <laughs> these things happen, 
randomly. So if, if some, some nonsense went down after we recorded, but before you heard this, it's not our fault. Uh, we're just giving you the, the situation as we know it, which currently is, is that it seems like Cal and Stanford and somehow SMU um, are involved, um, which is like a definition of um, randomness, right? Like if, if I had told you guys like a month ago that Cal, Stanford, and SMU would be in conversations with the league, um, I don't know if necessarily you would have thought I was crazy, but you definitely would have been like, I'm sorry, what? At least a couple times before, uh, you know, in reality set in that this was an actual thing. But yeah, this is apparently an actual thing. Now, it makes sense to me from the standpoint of that it doesn't make sense. And what I, what I mean by that is like trying to make ACC realignment make sense is a fool's errand. All right. The reality is, and you guys can chime in here if I'm wrong, but the reality, at least to me, is that all of the good schools that you would like want to add are just not coming, right? So you got to, if you want to try to protect yourself down the road, um, you got to do something. And this is literally like doing something. Um, this is no disrespect to Cal or Stanford, no disrespect to SMU, who have absolutely incredible uniforms for the record. Um, but, you know, this is not by any measure um, commonsensical, right? This is a uh, a numbers play. You're just trying to bring in teams, one, to probably withstand some defections from your own group down the road, but also, too, you're just trying to do what you can and what's out there. Um, Dave, in the pantheon of things you thought you'd be talking about on a podcast um, in 2023, when we rolled over the year, did you think Cal, Stanford, and SMU would be the group of schools that the ACC was discussing among its ADs and presidents uh, about the possibility of adding? If I had that kind of knowledge, I probably would have done something that resulted in me not needing to be on the podcast on a weekly like, basis. Like the, um, like the one and a half like billion dollar ticket. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> probably would have won the first three and not waited so long. But anyway, um, no, but, you know, uh, I mean, no offense to what you said, but, you know, the funny thing is, you know, people are kind of poo-pooing the SMU thing and maybe I'm wrong, but tell me how SMU is any worse than the schools, the ACC added in the first round of expansion outside of Miami and maybe Louisville. Um, like Boston college wasn't bringing a whole lot more than SMU brought to the table. Um, Virginia tech wasn't other than the Michael Vick era and you know, their little Roz in football, but SMU had that in the past too. Um, I think it's just the way you're looking at it, right? Like everyone else is adding big name schools that we never thought would leave conferences. And now Virginia is like going the old school route, going group of five to get them into a power five. So um, no, I never would have expected it just because you would hope the ACC would either be in a better position to get a school that made more sense, ge you know, um, geographically or, or what, but uh, you know, Stanford Cal, not bad. It just, you know, it just goes to the whole craziness of what is modern conferences, I guess now. I I, I just, I got to point this out. Dave just said, and I quote, their little rise in football. And the way you dismissed it was just like the most hilarious thing to me. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. It was just the way you said it just, and the way you sort of just glossed over it was actually very, very impressive. Um, it's going to, that's going to, it's going to be work for some other title to present itself. <laughs> <A> historical <tonight. laughs> footnote. Historical footnote. Um, I mean, in, in, in the grand scheme of my life, it was a little rise. <laughs> um, no, I, listen, I don't disagree with anything Dave just said. I think that one of the things that is realistic about this whole deal is like, um, 
Like on some, on some level, we all have to just agree that none of it will ever make sense. And I think your point about SMU is actually very well taken. Like in the first round, at least those schools were on the quote unquote Atlantic coast, but even then they kind of weren't in, in some instances. Right. Um, I, I, I think that going the group of five to make a power five thing, um, it's not, it's not exactly the look you want because like we talked about before, like all the teams that you would like to add, um, they either have already been courted and added, um, or they're someplace else and they got no interest in going anywhere. Um, for, I do think though, that there's a very real chance that a lot of the dollars that are being thrown around as part of this. And I mean, we all know, um, you know, that this is all, this all comes down to money. I mean, there's, there's just no other way, uh, to describe it. But it, in terms of some of the dollars that are out there, it certainly feels like some of that stuff might not necessarily come to fruition. Um, I, I think that you you typically, um, you know, when we get we have we have TV questions like what game is going to be on when Ferber just like the savant at like kind of dissecting these things. What's your gut tell you about the way this all shakes out for the ACC? Because it it feels like to me that this is not like I listen. They're gonna if they add these three teams. It's not gonna be this group for the foreseeable future, right? Um, there's gonna be a lot more. It feels like developments coming up. What what's your what's your prognostication? Yeah, I mean, like I don't. I'll just say this. Like I don't know the TV or the revenue differences. Like if they they might have some plan to like where this adding these three schools would make every team or every school, you know, $3 million a year for the next six years or what, I don't know. Um, and if that makes sense to teams and they want to do it, then sure. Like whatever. Like I'm not at, at some point, I know these people are smart enough to look at dollars and cents and make a decision based on that. Um, I do feel like uh, I think Dave's point is true. Like SMU and Cal and Stanford are not that different than some of the teams that the ACC has added in the past. My response to that would be if the ACC could go back and do it over again, they probably wouldn't add those schools. Like, I don't think that they would add Boston college and Syracuse um, because, and I think, you know, I, I read an article it was in the athletics today. I think it was Stuart Mandel who wrote it. Um, and it actually fits this situation perfectly. I think, um, Rutgers joined the big 10 and they explained like why Jim Delaney was interviewed. He's like, why we did it and like what made sense about it and like what we were thinking and what made sense for Rutgers and you know what they were thinking. And the premise of the article was basically like they did this and it worked out for nobody. Like Rutgers is has $250 million, just the athletic department in debt. Um, they have not won anything. I think they've won like 16 big 10 games since they joined the big 10 or something crazy like that. In football, they they haven't really been very good in basketball, even though they have a pretty good coach now, and they've made the tournament a couple times. Um, but they certainly haven't challenged for anything meaningful. Um, and it hasn't benefited the Big Ten. Nobody cares about Rutgers being in the Big Ten. Nobody's watching those games. Um, the Big Ten, if it could redo that move, wouldn't do it that way. And if you just if you don't believe me, just read what Jim Delaney said. You know, he didn't say that, but he might as well have. Um, and I think for the ACC, there's other things that like I'll just kind of my overall premise on this is that it doesn't make sense. I don't, I, I, without seeing the financials, maybe there's something I'm missing and that's very possible. Um, but you know, let's get over the fact that two of the teams are on the Pacific coast for starters. So that is a nightmare. So any, so any gains you get from TV, you're probably offsetting by having to fly out there every so often. And those schools are gonna have to fly East way more often. So it sucks for them, but they might just not have a choice, like a better choice. 
Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I think a lot of this is Stanford's academic pride, keeping them from joining a league that makes more sense in the big 12 or the mountain West. Um, but you know, whatever, that's their choice. Um, Stanford has a really good athletic department overall. Um, but they don't move the needle in football where they'd be in the big 10 Cal is same thing, but they're not as good of an athletic department. Um, honestly, I thought there was a scenario where Cal would just like drop football maybe, um, or go to division three or something. And I know people have said that, um, but I mean, we'll see if they end up joining the ACC. Like I said, it'll probably be a financial decision. Um, I think you're adding to the bottom of your league, not the top. Um, the moves that other conferences have made made sense, at least like the Big 12, what they did, you know, like Arizona State, whatever, like they're probably not like moving the needle that much, but they got Fox or ESPN or whoever paid to pay the pro rata. So like they're getting the same, you know, amount of money for them as they do for all their other member schools. And it's like geographically contiguous or whatever. So like, you know, it's not going from Texas to Arizona is not a big deal going from Boston to Palo Alto is <laughs> so, and I know that the big Ten's doing it, but most of their teams are in the central time zone. At least um, I think it's a move where you're like, well, we might as well do something. So let's do it. Um, and ultimately I think we'll look back on it if they do it and be like, why did they do that? It didn't make any sense. And we knew it at the time. Yeah, I think that ultimately what we're going to look back on is not this move, it's the other moves, right? And I listen, the, the post-mortem to Dave's point earlier on sort of where the ACC's expansion plans went wrong um, really come down to the fact that the, the success that some of those schools were brought in to have just did not happen. And... You know, Florida State wasn't as good. I mean, what's crazy to think about all this is that, like, in this in this period of time, Clemson won championships, like plural, right? Um, and had like an and incredible. Florida State won one. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and had like and an, an and and Clemson had like an incredible amount of talent, right? But the reality is, is that the league was just not that good in in football, right? And um, you know, let's be real, the Coastal Division. Uh, as much as we all love the coastal chaos, it was kind of a joke to a lot of people. And it's not going to move the needle. Um, you know, I, I remember not too terribly long ago, it feels like it feels like an eternity ago, but it wasn't right. Several years back, there was remember there was like all this scuttlebutt about Texas and the ACC and, you know, whatever. Ultimately, like if the if the thing was going to expand, the ACC waited too long in trying to actually make the conference better. And it, what they tried to do was expand um, with a simplistic idea of sort of where of essentially what would be good for the league. The geography was, was something they should have given up on earlier, right? If they wanted to actually expand and protect themselves from either being, um, being put in a position where they had to add schools, just to add schools like they are in now, or in in a in a in a position where they weren't going to be cannibalized by other leagues, right? They needed to add other schools, and they needed to give up the idea of the quote unquote Atlantic Coast, right? I think at the time that was just not necessarily something that folks would have been behind. And without the without the gift of being able to see the future and know, oh crap, the SEC is going to oh crap, the Big Ten's oh crap, the Pac-12 is falling apart. Like, without knowing all of those things were going to kind of fall into place, it would have been just outlandish if in the time when when the ACC expanded, instead of adding the teams that added, it went out and added some bigger name schools that were not part of the contiguous eastern seaboard, right? Um, 
And the only reason, you know, ultimately like Louisville gets in is because Maryland left, right? But once those once those moves all happen, it's really easy to see the way um, back to where you were and sort of figure out like the path you should have taken. Unfortunately, that's just not, you know, like at this point, you know, the idea of like doing something to do something, it it is going to look dumb in the in the down the road, right? If this comes to pass, it's it's likely not going to work. The ACC likely not going to be able to sort of keep itself. Um, whole. Having said that, you know, I go back to the money part of this. Like, I, I think that the Big Ten money, because it's based on Fox and NBC, is very different than the SEC ACC money, which is largely based on ESPN. Um, you know, Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney, is out there today talking about wanting to find a, you know, wanting to find a strategic partner, saying that ESPN made some gains, but they're still looking for a strategic partner. And what they mean by that. Is kind of what like what Apple did with its deal with the MLS, right? Where Apple's not just going out there saying like, "Hey, you can sign up for Apple TV and get the MLS." They're also expecting the MLS to push that, right? I believe that in the Apple deal that the Pac-12 was about to accept um, before the eleventh hour offer from the Big Ten that spooked, um, or at least it, maybe not spooked, it it, it created enough momentum. Um, for for essentially the Pac-12 to die. Um, but I think that's kind of lost in all this, is that whatever Apple put together, the, the Pac-12 was about to say yes to. Now, the Pac-12 being a West Coast league is probably as well-suited to like kind of rely on tech bros in a way that maybe other leagues wouldn't have. But folks, this is the reality. Like The idea that you're going to have cable channels over the air or excuse me, linear cable channels that are going to be four leagues is it's probably not going to go the way we all thought it was. Um, these media deals, you know, media rights and you know, these projections of what these, the, the dollars are going to be. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting for that. Right. I think in the Apple deal, um, Apple was going to be in charge of production of football games and I think they were going to share with the league production of men's and women's basketball, but the league was going to be on its own for all production of all Olympic sports, right? And so I think that leagues are in a position now where they they might think that they're living on high on the hog, but like that 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 time might come to an end sooner than they think, especially as you know if, if Disney if Disney understands that ESPN no longer demands the subsidy that it gets essentially from being on every cable um, package in the world. And if those cable providers are understanding that, like, in order to stop the bleeding from folks cutting the cord, they're going to need to start offering skinny bundles that don't include the traditional channels that have gotten 8 $9 of every single cable subscription for years, right? ESPN's money is going to dry up even faster than it already has. And I genuinely think that, like, this entire landscape, we could be back here in five, seven years, doing a whole lot more shuffling on, on the Titanic, so to speak, right? Where we're all sort of looking around at each other, trying to figure out where this thing goes. And I'm not, I don't want us to sit here tonight trying to give people the answer, right? Because I don't, I, I think whatever we could conceive to this evening is probably, you know, kind of futile in the, in the long term. But I, I think the reality is, is like the ACC is doing this and it seems ridiculous, but they got to do something. And I would rather them at least try to do something, even if it seems silly, then just sit on their hands and, you know, wait for the thing to, to hit the iceberg. 
Dave, what are you what are you, what are you thinking over there? Yeah, I mean, don't have a whole lot to add to it. I mean, just I don't know what the answer is. I'm, I'm going to leave it up to the presidents who who I assume have you know the ability to you know presidents and ads to talk to the network and know. You know, we've seen leaks of what what the other schools might be offering to join the league, and you know if you can get them in there, at no, you know, at a discount, um, and it allows you to even renegotiate a little bit, or you know, you just get extra ACC network money. What's the harm if you know if it's going to net positive? And then just see, like you said, see where you are in five years, because I think we're two years out from the SEC schools starting to get their big bump, or maybe it's the big, the big, um, but then three years for the other. So as I've said in the last time we talked about expansions, uh, I'm curious to see if those numbers ever really pan out. You know, we, we know if these networks can't uh, figure out how to pay that bill, they're going to have to go, they're going to go to the league and be like, Hey, if you want to still stay with us, this is the best we can do now. Um, so yeah, I think it, I, you can't really take a wait and see approach. Uh, if you've got an option that can maybe help you in the short term, just even move up a, a little bit in your revenue. But you know, other than that, I'd just kind of see where things are in four or five years. Um, Cause you're going to, you know, what's the worst case you're going to be where you were to start with. And, you know, and at that point the, the whole game can change. So uh, whether it's Cal, Stanford, SMU, or another school, um, you know, really, if when you think about the travel piece, like Justin was bringing up, it really only affects those schools. Um, yeah, it's way worse on them know. than it is on like Virginia, yeah. for example. They might make yeah, like I mean, one trip out there a year for football and one for basketball or two. Like, yeah, you no, could do think, both yeah. of those games. Like, you could go out there on a Wednesday, play Thursday and Saturday, and come back. Yeah, and I think that's how. It, if I was trying to convince the other schools to to vote them in, like that's what I'd do. Like, say, hey, we're gonna make it where no team plays away games at both for football, and you know, we're always gonna have back to back series when you do basketball. Um, and I think you can make it work. It just, it's Olympic hard to believe Cal can make it work. Like, I yeah. don't know what they're going to do. Like, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about, I don't want to get too in the weeds on that kind of thing, but baseball is a serious thing and you could do similar to football. You do one West coast or you do yeah. both of them back to back. I was trying to figure out like what sport would be the most screwed. And the one that kind of came to mind was like soccer because like you, you play often enough, but you don't play like every other day. So yeah. like you can't do like back to backs. Um, but you also like, it's not like football where you only go out there like on the weekends. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think yeah, like the other are getting a lot like of consideration in this situation. Yeah. yeah um, you know, swimming and stuff, they tend to do multi-team meets. So yeah. They can, they can get creative much. with it. You know, you could do, and, like, is there really a home this. court advantage in that kind of, in that sport? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, well, I think what is, the but... big 10 did made a lot of sense, which is like you add partners for your West coast schools. And now those schools aren't close to each other either. I mean, like UCLA is not close to Oregon, um, no. but like it's closer than going out to Iowa or whatever. Um, so now they kind of have partners where it's like they can put them in a pod almost and then you only have to send USC to like two Midwestern games like a year, um, you know, for yeah. football or something. And that's more manageable. And then for basketball, it's like you're not making as many trips and um, it can work. I just feel like we're going to look up and be like, why did the ACC think that was a good idea? Like, yeah, not even from like a dollars and cents perspective, but like now you have these two random teams in your league. Um, if they were adding UCLA and USC, I would think it was weird, but I would understand it. Like, it's like, those are big brands. Like I get it. Cal and Stanford are like big academic brands. Um, 
but I mean, like Stanford's got a great program, you know. Yeah, they have they have a great athletic they have a great program. athletics program. Um, but it's sort of like an iceberg. It's like people only care yeah. about what's above the surface. Yep. Um, nobody's paying attention to Stanford's swimming until they you look at the Capital One Cup or whatever it's called now standings um and see that they won everything. Um and also will they be able to continue to be as good if they're not in their league? Like I don't know. Um, yeah, because some of the athletes team. on the West Coast might be like, I don't want to play in the ACC. That's weird. Um, yeah, to me, like, I mean, if you look at all the expansions, the ACC adding Cal and Stanford would be the not not only the most surprising, but the one that was the biggest head scratcher from a travel perspective. Because we're we're you know, sitting here and like, oh, now the they day, have like, to go to Rutgers, and it's like every school in the ACC is Rutgers. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, very true. Yeah, um, and also and, like I I think like you're right, Brad. Like the ACC tried to add, and this is where I think the SMU thing is. I'm a little dubious. Like, the, there was this huge emphasis on like media markets. That's why like Rutgers and Maryland are in the Big Ten, and not, I don't know, better football teams. Um, like that's the reason. But like now everybody's like, well, that doesn't really matter that much anymore. Like, yeah, media markets it, used to be a thing, and it's no longer a thing. And it's like you're adding SMU for that exact reason. And there are like subs, like subsidiary benefits where it's like you're kind of getting the carriage fees for the local. You know, you get local carriage fees for the ACC network in Texas. I get all that. Um, you know, ultimately though, they're in the AAC, like the, for a reason. <laughs> like the Big Twelve was desperately trying to expand, and I guess the only reason you could say is maybe they already have a Dallas team in TCU, um, but they're still out there and they're desperately trying to get in uh, to the ACC. It seems like, so it just feels to me like that's just like a, Oh, well, you know, they're in Dallas. So like, that's why we'll do it. And it's like, well, that's kind of like the 2010 thinking. I feel like, I don't know if it's Um, necessarily Dallas. I do think that Texas is a part of it. Right. And, Real talk, like I don't. Well, then I why don't... not add UTSA? Like, what's the difference? They, there's more people <laughs> in San Antonio. Ask TCU. I mean, it's not like yeah. we're that far from the Big Twelve. I mean, that's, that's I, what that, confuses no, me. No, that's 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 yeah. that's fair. I, I think that that's one of the things is for me is that like I'm not sure. I mean, I don't live in Texas. I don't know how many like you know SMU alums are floating around and all that stuff. But I do know that like it makes sense on some level to me at least that you would try to go in places where you're not already in, right? And the reality, too, is that, like, there are a crap ton of people in Texas, right? There are not that many people in New Jersey, okay? There are not that many people in the state of Maryland. Now, granted, a lot of this is not one-to-one. You know, nobody's expecting that everybody in Texas is watching anything, right? But it that piece of it makes sense to me. What, what does not make sense to me are people who think that, like, this is the actual answer. Like, no, this is, this is a stopgap. This is something you have to do uh, if you... One, the AD from Florida State and all the people from their board, I mean, they might as well just be putting a, you know, a massive moving truck, right, in front of 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 um of Dope Campbell, right? Like the reality is is like they're going to leave at some point whenever they're able to. The question is like where do they go and who would want them? Right now it seems like the SEC is very happy with where it is and they do not seem to be in any sort of rush whatsoever to bring anybody else in. I think the Big Ten would like to add more. Um, and I think all of this sort of gets us back to the place where we all probably should have been all along, um, which is like, you know what? It's time to separate football out, have it be its own thing. And the schools that are in that, that's great. And the schools that are not in that large group. I mean, essentially, because we're, we're talking about here is you're, you're talking about like, you know, travel and 
I mean, they're essentially like road swings, right? This is this is what happens in conferences um, at at pro levels, right? You got to go and you got to play Denver, and then you got to go play so and so, and you got to play so and so. So you have a road trip, you know. That's the way that the the pro leagues make that work. Um, that's not to say that they don't have sometimes where you're getting on a flight and you're coming back home and playing somebody else in a short time. But I mean, they do have real road swings for a reason. And so essentially, what you're talking about is like. You know, Cal gets on the on the on the plane, comes out here, stays. What? How long? Like, what kind of life is that like? I I know there are a lot of people out there, and I've said this myself. The idea that like a lot of the schools in the Pac-12 were already flying anyway, um, simply because all of their schools are spread out. But so are the ACCs, right? Um, there is no like games there where like Virginia travels and stays on the road for a couple nights. Um, like usually State, in back, back to back. No, I don't think thing. I don't think that kind of thing happens. I do think that there's times where, like, if UVA goes to the West Coast, I think, like, for example, yeah, that's like, the only time they do something like that. Yeah, normally they're they're still coming back. Now, what is different is for for UVA is like, yeah, they're still doing a lot of plane flying, right, as opposed to bus riding. But th- those planes leave in the middle of the night and bring them back home, right? So they're back in at home the next morning. What does that mean for your preparation? Like, if you have to fly from Berkeley to Boston, right? Like, the game is over. That's not exactly. I mean, like, you're not getting home, and you know what I mean. Like, and and like from a scheduling standpoint, could you ever schedule a night game for one of those teams to play on the East Coast? Because what are you going to do when UVA goes to Cal and has to play a 10:30 p.m. basketball game? Yeah, and, and then, then you got to get back seven hour flight home. Yeah, or whatever. This is like six. I, like I'm you not get home saying, at 9 a.m. the next day. <laughs> yeah, and and that's only that's you know that's a good you know travel situation. We've already we, yeah. we you know I, I listen. I'm I don't think it's worth a lot of time to get into the ins and outs of like how terrible it'll be because we all know it will be terrible. But I do think that it is worth at least making making note of the fact that like there are just no good answers in any of that. Right, short of. Um, you do your best to limit it, but imagine the scheduling nightmare. Um, you know, and it really does put the whole league in a really tough spot because it's going to force a lot of like scheduling quirks that you just sort of like know are going to be a thing. Like Cal's never going to play a night game, right, on the East Coast unless they have an off date the next week. Um, and this whole scenario, like, it, it kind of comes back down to like, is the is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, is it worth all of what? is going to be required. What's, and I the, feel, what's the best football game you're getting out of these three teams? The best one. I mean, now, now, like a- ACC existing versus new. <laughs> Clemson, Stanford Florida, versus Cal. Clemson no, versus right. Stanford. <laughs> well, all right, Nobody's let, watching that. that no, like, but let's back up a step. To be fair, right, it was not that long ago that Stanford had a pretty decent run of decent teams, right? Like, they had some nice that, talent. That little rise. Yeah, that, and, that little, and they have know, no fans. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying that, like, they're not Cal. Okay, they. Yeah, Cal they are. Is, they are certainly a level above Cal. All right. So, like, it's not like we're taking you know two cows, right? Uh, Stanford is a, is a thing. That being said, like currently, no, there is no more. It's no like you know big deal game of this. But theoretically, could Cal put something together, have a decent team again? Hell. You know, Duke was good, good last year. Get out of that I don't know what million to, dollar in debt. Well, yeah. that's that's true. Um, 
you know, Stanford is a is a is obviously the best athletic department in the country, and the ACC will be better as a whole in some ways for having them around simply because they'll be there. But there's well, they a won't lot be of, around. They'll be four thousand miles away. They'll be that's fair. <laughs> um, to to let's say then to have them at their meets and yeah, such to right? have them yeah um, to have them participate and go home. Um, I, I but I I mean I don't think anybody's pretending that like this is like. Uh, prefer i've never i haven't know? heard anybody be like this is a good idea this is a great <laughs> idea no i mean literally everybody's like no you got to do something so you might as well do this and this is just the thing that they're gonna do it's like um, when maryland left i mean like there was louisville fine like i get it like there's i don't have a problem with it um but they i mean remember do you remember what that was like we were kind of like who's gonna replace them and there wasn't really like a slam dunk answer that's why louisville was kind of like the best one it was like okay you know, they have a good athletic department, I guess. They're close enough. Um, you know, it's – but, like, what it was, like, UConn was the other one that was, like, significantly in the mix. And then it was, like, maybe West Virginia would bail on the Big 12 after they had just joined it. And I think yeah. they probably would have. Um, and, and it's, like, that was it. And then West Virginia was, like, a no-go, I guess, for a lot of the presidents. But, like, that's it. I mean, like – there was nobody else to add. So it's like, unless you think you're going to pick somebody off. Um, so it's like, that's, and I think that's where we are now is like, if it's a, it's, if it's all about football, then I think we're almost done with this. Like, if you really think about it, how many big football brands are not in the big 10 or the, or the sec now? Two. Three. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton of them out there, period. Um, I mean, there's like literally three that like, I mean, I'm not saying like nobody else matters, but kind of <laughs> like it's clear that they want the games. The ESPN and these networks really only care about from what I've under, from what I understand, they only really care about the games that get like X amount of viewers. It's like a, there's like a cutoff, like three million yeah. or whatever. Yep. So it's like anything under that. They're like, that's add on. You know, it's like, that's cool, but it's add on. And it's like. UVA's, you know, like 11 out of their 12 games are going to be add on, and the 12th is against Notre Dame. So, like, um, that's just how it's going to be, unless they're really, really good. Um, so, like, SMU, Cal, like, they're not playing any of those games over 3 million people, unless, like, it's the one off year where they're really good. Um, you know, so and I think Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, and then you could also make a case for UVA, North Carolina, or whatever, because those two states are so populous. And they're not in a major, either major conference. Like, but that's, that's it. Like there's, there's nothing yeah. else out there. It does Unless feel you like want to go into like Oklahoma state or something like that's it. it well, does I mean, I think like the only, go ahead, Dave. I was gonna say, I think the only thing that kind of gives this thing any legs is the fact that, you know, with the PAC 12 pretty much dissolving the Pacific time windows for TV are going to be wide open. So, yeah. Maybe ESPN's like, well, you know, maybe Friday night football, we can have an ACC doubleheader on Friday nights now. Um, you know, that could be a kickoff at Stanford at, you know, nine, you know, whatever, 10 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Eastern, who cares? Um, I think if the ACC could have added Washington and Oregon too, I would have had much less of an issue with it. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. I would have been like, okay, now you can really corner the market on late night football. And you got like, arguably, even though they didn't go to the Big 12, like I would say arguably the four three of the four biggest brands left in that conference. Right. Um, right. They still got with Cal kind of just thrown in. Like, 
I feel bad um, for Oregon State and Washington State and all this. Oh, they're yeah. Like, they're, they're the they're biggest like losers in all this. I mean, they, I feel real bad because they're like basically out on the side of the road and nobody wants them to go to the show with them. You know, they're just that's like, why I was always like, man, I was almost like, man, can we just throw them in? Like, just for just throw them just, in there. Like, you yeah. might as well. Like, yeah. but, you know, they just bring nothing value wise from from a like dollar standpoint. So, it's, yeah, there's nothing. I know the people love hearing us talk, um, talk about this, but uh, I mean, <sighs> All the years, like you know, the answer is simple, right? And they're they're out there sitting in freaking Indiana eating terrible food, telling us to look at admitting other teams to the conference to make the ACC better. <laughs> when the answer remains, Notre Dame bring football there, and then we can go to the table and get a much bigger piece of the pie, and probably not I, have to add those teams. You know? Yeah, I do it's think I think on some level that, and I know that everybody in the ACC hates. Notre Dame and I'm not necessarily telling you to feel otherwise I do think that at some point uh, Notre Dame is going to have to move and everybody else is going to be full and it's just going to be the ACC by almost like de facto whatever and I wouldn't be surprised if in the end like that might be the thing if there's a if there's a smoking gun so to speak if there's a magic bullet let me use another analogy if there's a magic bullet that saves it it's it's that and even that probably won't be enough to get it done right um, the good news is, is that, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a team that likes to play specific schools and the ACC keeps trying to add all these schools. <laughs> um, so either you're going to, um, you're going to control their media. Um, you know, they're going to either control their media rights because they're part of the conference, or you're just going to control the sites they play because, you know, 50% of the time they're going to be playing in one of your venues. But no, I mean, like, I think that, that, that would certainly make me feel a lot better about the longevity piece of the whole thing. Um, but I also understand from their point of view why they, you know, continue yeah, to, yeah. to stay independent. What I don't understand in hindsight um, is the ACC continues to just sort of like let Notre Dame do what it wants. Um, the whole Like they're a full voting member is just hysterical to me. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, come on, man. Like it, it's just like how how much more do ACC people have to take from? I mean, from I would Notre be Dame? like, you can be on these calls, but we're not going to listen to you make a case for what we should do when you won't help us. I would yeah, just be you, like, I mean, I'd be like, if you guys want to join and want us to add Stanford and anybody else, fine. Like, you know, that's fine. I also, by the way, there were a bunch of tweets like five minutes ago, so somebody from the ACC must have t- told everybody, but apparently they didn't take a vote tonight and they hit blocks which basically means there's some schools that don't want to do it yeah it looked like there were some real hard nose um yeah i mean like if you're hard to state or clemson it's like this isn't helping me like i don't care about this like and now we have to go out to california to play games like why like doesn't make any sense and it's like to basically and that's why i don't agree that they have to do this i don't think they have to because it's like you're basically what are you going to get like an extra million like to go out to California for all your sports. Like, yeah, it, it just, it, it, like, I unless ESPN is like, it significantly changes something. Then I don't, I don't, if, if you're just like, Oh, it's a few more dollars. It's like, that's yeah, I not think Dave's right. You're I still think trading was, something. It was a decent amount. I think amount you're probably of talking like, yeah, probably double digit millions for each team, just because of adding the ACC network to all the California homes in that market. All the, uh, you know, now you get the ACC network in Texas markets. Like, think that alone you know because acc actually ended up with more revenue share this year than they expected because of comcast and acc network finally working a deal out but um i mean i think it would be a, a bigger number it's still right 
half of what the other schools are going to no, yeah, get. It's still bad, yeah. but it's it's better than as bad as it was. Well, the I other trick, the I guess, too, is that they're not terrible. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say the other trick, too, is that the, even though the some of these teams wouldn't, you know, SMU wouldn't get anything for years. Right. Uh, you know, reportedly. And then, you know, uh, Cal and Stanford would have reportedly been receiving less than a, even a full share. So, so even you're, you're going to be making not just more money, but also more than you, you would expect to make in normal sort of expansion times. But even then, like I, I'm not arguing for it. I'm just saying like that, that seems to be the facts on the ground. Yeah. I would just say like, um, man, I just completely lost my train of thought. Sorry, oh, I, I the ACC, the ACC, I think is they're in, they're not in as good of a position as the big 10 and the SEC. And that goes without saying, um, I don't think they're like, you know, now that the pack, whatever is gone or pretty much gone, like if there's four, I mean, we talked about this years ago, like what happens if eventually it becomes four conferences with 16 teams? Like we're there now, like we're there. Um, I think there's a path forward for the ACC, assuming the grant of rights is as bulletproof as everybody thinks, you know, seems to think it is at least for the time being, um, to kind of march on. The only thing separating the ACC from the from the Pac-12 is the grant of rights. If the grant of if the ACC didn't have the grant of rights, the ACC would be the Pac-12. It would be done, because the, I guarantee you the Big Ten teams, the Big Ten would rather get an East Coast foothold, and of course SEC would just take whatever they want, um, and it's like geographically convenient for them. So it's just it would be like it, it might not be dead like the Pac-12. Um, but, you know, like there would be a trickle down. Like you'd probably have some teams going to the Big 12 from the ACC too. Um, but I think the ACC and the Big 12 are, are relatively even money-wise. Um, the ACC has a network. The Big 12 does not. Um, I don't know how much that helps, but it helps a little bit. Um, and that Big 12 does not have any major brand that is like the 10-pole brand for that conference. Unless I'm forgetting somebody. It's basically like anymore. a it's like a team of of similars, <laughs> like you have TCU yeah. and Oklahoma State and Utah. It's like a bunch of decent teams. It'd be like a bunch of Virginias being in a conference with no Clemsons and Florida States. A bunch of Virginias. Um, I mean, it's true. Like that's what it is. It's like a bunch of like pretty good teams. Somebody's got to win the league, um, you know. And and the ACC still has Florida State, still has Clemson, still has Miami. You hope that that continues. And then maybe like five years from now, you're right. Like, I don't think the TV money is going to go away. I think it's going to plateau. Like the next time the Big Ten and the SEC are up for negotiation, instead of these astronomical increases that we've seen over deal over deal, they'll just be like, we'll give you what you got last time. Yeah, it's going to be marginal at best. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're going to be like, oh, so we can't factor in exponential growth. And they'll, the conferences will just take that deal because it's better than, it's better than not. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense for them to go ahead and get paid while they can. And then once that number changes for it to change, the trick is, you know, if you add other mouths to the table, well, that changes the the calculus a little bit. And Um, that's the thing is like they'll probably end up, you know, making more than the ACC even on their next deal. Right. But the ACC is kind of locked into like an okay deal. Um, if the ACC was up for negotiation, you're right. Like, look what the Pac-12 got. They were that's why they walked away. So if the ACC's TV deal ended this year, you might have a similar situation where it would be like they're only going to get 20 million now. Um, but that's not the case. They're locked in until 2036. The one so thing I will like, say on the ACC part of so this bad. that 
you know, we I, I mentioned earlier that part of the Apple deal was was you know broadcast and such. The ACC is actually you know is well positioned in a variety of ways because of the production piece of this. Now I know for a lot of people, the schools doing their own production has has had mixed reviews, and I'm not trying to pretend all of them are like you know you know give these folks an Emmy, right? I'm not I'm not saying that. I I know that for a lot of folks, some of the schools and their productions leave a lot to be desired, but a lot of them have already you know, sort of juice their facilities for that. They've got the capability. Um, so if they needed to do that as part of a, you know, a future sort of, I don't know, Apple or, you know, Amazon prime or whoever is doing it. Right. Um, they could. And I do think that there's some, some real utility to that in the long run. I also wonder you guys were talking to, you know, sort of about like the, the, what the, what the league is going to get. It's part of its deal. Imagine if they didn't have the grant of rights. I feel like grant of rights was the one thing the league got right, um, which was to lock everybody in and essentially some keep schools everybody might in the regret room. it. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I think there are definitely some schools that regret having signed it. But the league itself, it's lo- it's the one thing. I mean, because think about this: if that thing wasn't there, like we were talking about, like how long ago would all this have just shake it, shook, you know, shook out, and then? you know, we'd already be in some new reality. Like, I feel like the ACC's grant of rights is the one thing that kept everything somewhat stable, even as everything was shifting around. Um, might have just have delayed the inevitable, but nonetheless, it it, it kept things in place. But maybe while. by the time it's, but maybe by 2029 or whenever some schools like, screw it, I'll just pay it and get out. The reality will be different. That's true. Like, it might yeah. not even matter because by then it might, football might have broken off. Yeah. Like, who right. knows? Yeah. Um, let's, uh, we, we've spent a, a lot longer on that than I expected, but, um, that's the way it works sometimes. Let's, you know, real quickly sort of run through speaking of the ACC, uh, at least for this season, um, <laughs> it's still a thing. It still exists. And there's still teams that are going to play football. Yeah, let's against think each about, other. talk about college sports, while people still care about them. Cause I don't know how much longer that's going to be a thing. <laughs> hey, I, I read a column earlier this week that talked about, well, while we should not yeah. let that happen. So see, that's yeah. the thing though, is people will, keep though. saying that, but people keep watching. That's yeah, true, man. Yeah. Like, I That's mean, true. We, we, you mentioned it, Brad. Like, it's like it's our in age. our hands. If we want to keep watching games, they'll keep paying for them. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. And that's, I mean, yeah. like people said, like, NIL was going to do it and people still watch the games. It's like, only been around a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, give it to well, not it's just not that. Gonna, it's not going to affect yeah. viewership. People don't care. I mean, hell, the, the NCAA game went away and all people have been doing is clamming for it to come back, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but now, I might too, mess that up. <laughs> no, that's true. The, um, the, uh, right. Create your own conference. Um, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, the, the think about like this too, though, speaking of things that, you know, people just watch the Johnny Manziel documentary, right? Like, I mean, it's probably right now the biggest thing on, on that service, right? Um, that's pretty substantial. And I, I think there's, there's still an appetite for college football. I think if you look at, as I kind of mentioned in the column, like the, the reality of, of the sport is, is that, you know, it's easier a lot. You know, you think, you think about like schools and the, and the troubles that folks have had trying to get people to come to games, even good teams, right? Not talking about because like, Oh, you want to get the coach fired. I'm talking about like teams that are really good or maybe not necessarily really good, but are good, right? Have not seen the sort of attendance, um, consistency that you would expect or certainly that they would have gotten in past years right like the reality is like people just don't go to stuff as much maybe that's related to sort of like not going during the pandemic years and blah 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 blah. but the reality is that like schools are having a hard time getting people to come to games and i think i think you know 
anecdotally at least, um, it makes sense that that's because they're watching at home. Well, if they're going to continue to watch at home, they got to watch somewhere. Um, so yeah, there's a, you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, I, I think uh, if we look at the ACC for the, for the season to come, um, I, 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 we talked at some point, you know, I, I think I asked you guys on, uh, and I think it was, I think you guys were on that show about, you know, are you tired of Drake May yet? Um, I'm actually just really looking forward in some ways to seeing like a really good player, um, sort of like carry some expectations because I don't feel like in the league we've had that in a while. Like we've had obviously, you know, good players and I'm not trying to say like we haven't had plenty of guys to watch or whatever, whatever, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just looking forward to having a guy on that stage at that level, um, be expected to sort of produce on a consistent basis and just sort of keying in on how, how well he's done on that. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to watch like all of Carolina's games or anything, but I'm certainly going to be curious to see how he performs because, you know, I'm not necessarily one of these folks. that's I think he's incredibly talented. I'm not sure if he's ready to put it all together in the way that the hype would make it seem. Um, what other kind of things are you guys looking forward to around the league this year? Uh, Dave, let's start with you. What are, what are some things you're looking forward to about the ACC? I mean, uh, I'm not let's really start with Cal to watching Drake may, um, let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm anti-Carolina. The, uh, I mean, honestly, I want to see if Clemson can kind of get back to what they were, um, what, two years ago, three years ago. Cause the ACC needs them to, you know, last thing in the ACC needs now is for Florida state. Who's getting all this pub to come out and lay an egg and for Clemson not to be in the college playoff discussion. Um, you know, Clemson's going to have a really, you know, a really exciting offense, I think. And, you know, you put that talent in a, in an offensive scheme. That's a little more, what's, what's a nice way to say it. We watched, we watched this a version of what they run last year without the talent. Um, you know, but putting those athletes in space in a more creative way, let's put it that way. Um, and then, you know, Florida state, and that's a lot of hype on a program that has, uh, kind of, buckled under the hype the last several years so you know when they did get it so i know it's boring but i feel i feel like if there's a year of any year where the guy you know the team is predicted to be good need to be good for the acc this is it i don't know what it changes other than maybe fan perception amongst Listen, the ACC. I, but yeah i thought I that there was good. a chance if there thought there was a chance that florida state being good or you know and clemson being good or whatever in the same season would you know sort of renew interest in the acc i'd be all for it i don't think that's realistic so i'm very much going to be very much enjoying if florida state falls on his face because oh, i don't mind what, florida state falls. like the, the fans <laughs> the fans in the last couple weeks from florida state and certainly the way florida state just like threw all the you know like just threw the whole thing out and like what are you doing like also like of, drew weatherford the quarterback Right. I was like, one of I was like, reasons, is that the same guy? <laughs> like, one of the reasons we're all in this predicament is because y'all suck for too long. Like if you had been good, this would not necessarily has been as big a problem. Like part of the reason you haven't been making revenue is because you have not been good. And like this, this expectation that like, oh, well, they're just supposed to make a lot of money because they're Florida State. Congratulations. Have a cookie. Have a seat. Like, what are we talking about here? Like they, their entire thing baffles me. Like, what are you doing? And, like, how do you not have the wherewithal to understand that that is what you're doing? Like, can, like it would be like UVA f- football fans being, like, right now, being like, why are more people not paying attention to UVA football? Um, Scoreboard. 
Like, it's not that hard. Like, these are not, this, this is not rocket science, folks. Like, this is, like, Florida State's one of, I think, the the more interesting stories in the league, absent of all this other nonsense. And But all of the nonsense has now put so much more on that group. Because, I mean, like, I genuinely think that that is a team that, as the season went on last year, you could see them making strides in a way that was meaningful. And given all the turmoil that they've had from, you know, a coaching standpoint and change and such and such and such, like, it makes sense that, like, eventually somebody might have a chance to sort of put it together. I would like to have watched this season with Florida State without all of the crap from the last month that's going to make them sort of the villains in all the stories. And that's just going to be the way it is, you know? They are they, they may, they, they are a team that absolutely should they be, you know, making sure they should. If they were more successful, they would. So do that. Do that and then come talk to me about how, you know, it's like people trying to demand like new contracts. Man, what are your what are your numbers exactly? Like what have you been doing? Cuz if you haven't been doing it, you you don't have you don't have any get your butt in camp. Like don't talk to me about how you're holding out. You know what I mean? Sorry, I didn't really didn't plan that tangent, but it just sort of happened. I mean, Ooh. one thing I, I'm like thinking about with them specifically in Clemson, you mentioned like I I, I mean I, I'm I'm assuming they played the regular season right at some point. Um, they're I'll I think they're primary rivals. Yeah, yeah they, they do. They I they think play. they I think they play each other every year now. Um, just like they did before, I guess. Um, but that kind of takes me to my point is like, what's the ACC championship look like with no divisions? Um, because if you had like even if one of like let's say they don't have to be both like top four. But like, let's say you have like number four Clemson against like number seven Florida State in the ACC championship game. That'll be the best ACC championship game we've ever had. I would imagine. <laughs> like, I can't think of another one where the both teams were actually good or like really good. You know, um, like I think that would be interesting to kind of track, and we'll see what happens with Florida. I mean, we'll kind of see what Florida State is in the first game against LSU, um, yeah. September twenty third. Oh man, that's early. Is that you think that's a good idea? Like to maybe for the ACC to be like, oh, like because they're both still good at that point. Like you don't have a team that's like six and four. You mean the scheduling? Yeah, getting that. Getting yeah, it I think I think season. it's better. Yeah, I think it's better. I mean, Florida State could lose to LSU, but nobody would. De- nobody would like hit them for that, really, right? I mean, yeah. And do and they play? Do they play like in Ireland, or is that next year? That's next year, I think. They play like Georgia Tech in Dublin or something. It's like really strange. I thought that's Notre Dame this year. Notre Dame plays anyway. Navy in Dublin this year. I right. think Florida State. Okay. Does yeah, that that's year. right. It, yeah, Florida State and Georgia Tech in Dublin is um is like I mean I guess you can go to Stanford at that point. Um, <laughs> like what's the point of that game? Um, but I think I'm uh interested in uh NC State just seeing you know like what the former <laughs> got the gang back together to see what happens. Um, I have Dr. no idea. Bob. Like it could be any, like I mean, you could tell me they're going to win 10. You could tell me they're going to win five. Like I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, so I, yeah, I really don't know. I'm going to um, bury, I'm going to bury this little thing. I'm going to say at the end of the podcast here, and we're just not going to talk about it anywhere okay. else. Maybe listen, folks, if, if Brandon Armstrong goes out there and gets back into his 21 form with, with Dr. Bob, more power to him. If you expect that's going to happen, that is on you. All right. If a tenth of what what I've heard over the past whatever many months is even remotely close in terms of like how things worked and blah blah, blah. like the villain of that story is not necessarily the one as it was sort of portrayed. If if he goes down to Raleigh and turns around, I, listen genuinely, great. 
congratulations. Good luck to you. That's awesome for you. But I don't, I have zero expectation that that's about to happen. Maybe last year will help that. And they, maybe that season is a catalyst for him. And if so, great. Um, I just, man, I think he'll you know, probably end up somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't think he'll be as good as he was in 2021, but he'll probably be like somewhere. Maybe not like, as bad as he was last year when he, you know, or like bet like a better 2020, you know, like, yeah, you know, maybe he throws a few more picks than he did in 2021, but, and they're okay. Like he's fine. Um, did, did they get Jelani Woods in the transfer portal? Yeah, <laughs> um, um, All right. And that's the thing is like, we've seen him play like three full seasons and 2021 is the outlier. Right. I mean, well, I guess 2022 is like the outlier. It really, so it funny. really would be kind of funny if like in the, in the state UVA game, if, cause I mean, like remember that season, right. He was terrible. And then he played state and he got knocked out and he came back and he, that sort of changed the trajectory for him a little bit. Right. It would be sort of poetic if that UVA game is sort of where things kind of get back to that. Turns and turns. Would it be cool if together? Two, two on his first two throws. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing, too, I, I just want to say for the record real quick that when Ferber a minute ago said something about we'll find out against LSU, I really thought he meant Clemson. And I was like, um, and I was like looking at the schedule when you said that. And I was like, because obviously they don't play LSU. Um, cause they, they don't play anybody really this year in non-conference. I mean, I guess they have their South Carolina game, which is actually not an easy game anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they just get the Florida state game at home. But I mean like, yeah, their, their season really comes down to, you know, is Notre Dame good. They have Duke. That's yeah. right. First game they have Duke. Um, that's yeah, another they, team. Like, I don't know what they are. Um, I think we were talking about the other day at practice. Um, I think I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they they're going to regress. I don't think it's like oh well now it's all up you know it's all up from here like after a great first season. Um, if you look at their schedule, I think their non-conference schedule is pretty workable if I remember correctly because they have yeah, like they get Lafayette, Northwestern, UConn, and Notre Dame. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they'll they'll get through. I mean, they'll probably lose to Notre Dame. Um, but then their ACC schedule is like pretty bad. It's, they, get, they have Clemson they and State, Florida State. Florida, at Florida State, at Louisville. They get Wake Forest at home. They go to Carolina, to UVA, and they get Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, there, there's wins in there probably, but like I don't see one where I'm like, besides UVA on the road maybe, where I'm like, oh, well, they got that one. Like, Does anybody else hard. think that Louisville could be this year's Duke in the sense of like people are not yeah. necessarily paying a lot of attention to them? I mean, I think I, they could be good. It's I hard mean, to be anyone's Duke because I mean, Duke, Duke was supposed to be know? the worst team in the league. It would yeah, be like if true. Georgia Tech was or UVA was nine <laughs> and three next year, this year or whatever. Dude, do you guys know who who the special teams coordinator is at Georgia Tech? I'm gonna let that oh, hang man. there for a second. Just, Can we get a hint? Is there is there like a UVA connection? Did he coach at UVA. There's definitely a UVA connection. <laughs> I was gonna say well, Latrell Scott. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Banks is the special teams coach of like Alabama or whatever now. After he was here for like three days, remember that? Yeah. And then he he was the one who his girlfriend uh, was the stripper, and she had oh, like yeah. the monkey. Oh, we remember that part. <laughs> yeah, that was like a whole thing. <laughs> like how he said, um, we remember that part. And her name was <laughs> Pole Assassin, if I remember correctly. Wow, did not remember that part. Um, Podcast. No, uh, who's turn. their special teams coach? No, no, keep 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 guessing. This is fun. This is this is a lot of fun. All right, so UVA connection. Yep. UVA coach. Yes. Oh man. Is it like Chris Beatty? Yeah, it's not Chris Beatty. He's a no. He's the Chargers. Yeah. Um, but isn't um because I saw a, a kid Georgia from seven five seven. Is it just, Chip West? No, he's. I I think isn't he awake now? Yeah, I knew he moved. I couldn't remember where he went. Oh man. I thought Chip West was at Maryland, or is that Beatty? he was at Syracuse and then he went to Wake. 
um, in the offseason, I think. Oh, no, Maryland has just like every other coach that we this, have. This specific coach <laughs> and, spent uh, – this is his first season there. Uh, he spent last a recent year coach. Florida International. Oh, oh and then um, it's uh, Ricky Brumfield. It's Brumfield. Ricky yeah. Brumfield. I, I yeah. he popped up. I saw um, uh, Kelly Quinlan had tweeted out a picture, like you know, because I guess he was one of the people talking to media, and it was like him. And I was like, oh snap, that's where Ricky is now. But yeah, so yeah, Ricky Brumfield. Cool. He was a Virginia. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how their special teams look. I guess. Yeah. Um, Duke, not to go back to Duke. Duke's gonna be interested in me. They had like ridiculously good turnover luck yeah, last year. Exactly. Um, that's got to regress. So that doesn't tend to repeat. And then there's more film on Riley Leonard, and you know, they're not going to sneak up on anyone. But I think Elko's a heck of a coach. He would have been a great defensive coordinator. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell me about yeah. it. But, man, <laughs> what I think, a hire! Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't expect him to have a losing record. You know, I think they'll be six and six or so. But. Um, I think a lot of the ACC is going to follow that mark. It helps but, when I mean, you I have don't three wins to make in a run conference, right? Yeah. I mean, like when you start off. I'm not saying they're all gimmies, but like, they yeah, they should be three win. and one in the non-con, and yeah, and then it's like you're kind of that's UVA should be trying to do that every year, and I don't know what they were doing this year, um, but like you know, and it feels familiar though, doesn't right? It? <laughs> but it's you know, next year they play at Coastal. It's like why? Like, what's the point of that? Um, yeah. I don't like it. Whatever. I mean, I'll probably go. <laughs> <'Cause it's Myrtle. laughs> um, but, no. All right. Uh, wait. Real quick. Okay. Sorry. I I can't leave this, guys. I I just want you to go to the Georgia Tech to the RamblinWreck.com at some point and check out the the football roster for Georgia Tech because not only are these pictures just absolutely huge on the screen. All right. Their their coach pictures are the most uncomfortable images I've ever like seen and it's clearly like they all have like the thing that like the little like fake shirt with the thing draped you know kind of thing like your senior pictures are they their offensive coordinator i'm sorry if you knew this already is named buster faulkner which is just an incredible name not only do they have chris winky on staff right who kind of looks oh, yeah. like ichabod crane a little bit i think right? he was on um colin's staff actually yeah but he, they've got a, their running backs coaches norval mckenzie all right norval n-o-r-v-a-l right They've got a guy named their offensive line coach is a dude named Jeep Wade, G E E P, Jeep Wade, and he looks like he was absolutely shocked when they took this picture. Like they didn't know he was about to it was about to happen, and I'm like, how did this end up as like your headshot? Like, I mean, they could they not need have somebody taken... like Damon Dillman there to fix those pictures. <laughs> they needed to take one more. All right. And then I just need you to scroll down to uh, their defensive analyst for linebackers, which they have a defensive analyst for linebackers, which is fun. They their I'm staff. Dying. I'm looking at. The, <laughs> do you see this guy's I'm picture? At the picture of Chief Wade. <laughs> he looks so shocked. This is terrible audio because you can't see it. Just folks, just do it. All right, just do it. When you tweet out the podcast, can you just make that the picture? <laughs> no, I can't do that. That's so mean. But like, I just don't know why Georgia State did this man dirty like that. Like they could, like clearly the guy to his right was taken in a different situation because it's like a different, like resolution and da, da da da. But like my guy is like he looks like you just told him that like he has a flat tire and he's like what? Like it's just I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. This is what happens when Brad goes on websites while he records podcasts. Apparently. Oh man, yeah, that's an in- yeah, I, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting group of of people. Virginia Tech. Any thoughts? You know, I'm not real sure what to make of that. given. <laughs> Dave is, is, is both petrified and also um, 
uh, I don't really see them. I I just don't, I can't imagine that that team that I saw last year is going to all of a sudden be like really good. Like they didn't add that much. Yeah, it, it feels like the, it feels like the issues that they had will permeate. The question is, can they? It's like the same guys, right? I mean, yeah, a lot, many of them. Yeah. Um, they open up with Old Dominion at home this time. Then they get Purdue at home, um, which is a noon game. Um, I can um, I can tell you that that Rutgers game when they play in Piscataway on September 16th is going to be just all their non-conference schedule is so weird. Then they get Marshall in Huntington. So they play back to back weeks in Piscataway and in Huntington. And only have Purdue. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they get Purdue in week two. They get home. Yeah. All right. So then they get Pitt at home. They go to Tallahassee. Uh, They get Wake Forest at home. Uh, They get um, Syracuse at home. Then they close with a game at Louisville in to start November. They go to Chestnut Hill. They have their senior night against uh, NC State, um, and then they get Virginia on the road. Three of their last four on the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like their schedule better than ours, but um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't like their non-conference schedule because it feels like they're all coin flips, except for ODU. Hmm. Which one of ours isn't a coin flip? William and Mary. Yeah, William and Mary. <laughs> hey, listen, well, that's that for the preseason. That's for our actual number three preseason. preseason. No, you can't do that yet. Yeah. We're, we're waiting. No, I don't. I'm not saying I like UVA's better than this one. I'm just saying I don't like it. I don't like their non-conference schedule. I don't know what they're trying to do here. They have right, two yeah. Big Ten teams on it and a road game at Marshall. Like, <laughs> and next year's is and worse, no FCS so. opponent. Yeah, I mean UVA at least gets a you know I mean well the JMU game's not a, anywhere close to a gimme of course. Um, but yeah, you get William and Mary in October, which is just weird in and of itself for UVA. Um, Number four ranked William & Mary. We were talking about that the other day, and I was saying, like, if you could flip the JMU and, and William & Mary games, like, in the schedule, I would. Yeah. Because then it's like, you, it's like, all right, we're going to Tennessee. You know, we're going to lose that game. And then you're like, well, we have an FCS opponent next week, and you can't overlook them. But, like, you know, at least then you can kind of start one-on-one. One. You don't have to worry about the doomsday scenario that there is, and we'll get to it in the preseason prediction podcast, where they could start, like, 0-5. Um, yeah. If things go bad, I mean, look, JMU could like I I I I I don't know what to make of JMU. <laughs> like, I could totally they don't have see a quarterback yet. No, that's true, and that seem that you know typically is a problem. But yeah, I'm not sure what to make of them. Um, yeah, and it's going back to Virginia Tech. Speaking of quarterbacks, I keep hearing them talk about playing two quarterbacks. We know how that game goes. So. Yeah, whenever you, I mean, it's Fierce. a cliche, but like when you hear people say that, you're just like, uh oh. Like if something's not good. You, you yeah. what you want to hear is like, yep, this is our quarterback. This is the guy. Like, you know, you don't want it to be dragging on into camp too yeah. far. And I've apparently, like the drones dude was wasn't very good in the spring. Like I, somebody said that I can't remember who said that. But, yeah. Um, their schedule's okay. I mean, it's like workable, I guess. But like, there's some games on here where I'm like, ah, they could lose. Like they could lose to Syracuse, right? It's not like they were almost good last year. They were really, really bad last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that schedule. I mean, we talked about it in the preseason. I was like, they have like a six game stretch in the middle of their season where they might lose all of them, and they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does anybody know what to make of Miami? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, take the preseason expectations and just people flip are going to think down. they're going to be better, and they're not going to be. <laughs> like basically, Miami one on one dumb mistakes and yeah, I mean, lose I games they shouldn't. Like, who did they have played Texas A and M right? I mean, early in the season, I guess they'll tell us something. The Tyler Van Dyke, he's kind of like the sneaky Brennan Armstrong, where it's like, uh, like the, 
is this the guy from the end of the year before, or is this the guy from last year that wasn't very good even before he got hurt? Yeah. All right. So Miami opens up with Miami. Um, yeah, that's terrible. I hate that. It's, yeah. Just terrible scheduling. All right. So then they get Texas A&M at home next week. They get Then they get yeah. Bethune-Cookman uh, and then Temple in Philly before they get uh, Georgia Tech at home, go to Carolina, you get Clemson at home, um, they get Virginia at home to close out October, and then their, their November is at Ooh, NC State, November. at yeah. Florida State, uh, Louisville at home, and then at Boston College. I'm gonna the Boston College game just hurts my soul because you know they're gonna be so checked out for that. It's on Black Friday at seriously. Can I get odds on that (laughs) now? Because we just lay some something down. I mean, Lord, Virginia Um, gets them in a nice spot. To be honest with you, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Three tough after Clemson before NC State before you know yeah that's after Carolina Clemson and And I think UVA is coming off a bye right or they have their bye right around that time. Uh, That sounds right. Real quick before we wrap this up, um, I do want to look at the schedule real quick. Um, So South Carolina to open it. Um, That's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Then they get App State, which, I mean, obviously App State's not the App State of old, but still. Then they get Minnesota at home, which is an interesting out-of-conference matchup. P.J. Fleck come around here. Row the boat. Row that boat. All right, so Pittsburgh on the road. They get Syracuse at home. They get Miami at home. And they get Virginia at home. So they get a solid three game homestand in October that, I mean like that, you know, it's going to be a pretty significant deal. Then they get to go on the road to Atlanta and face the, the fighting Jeep waves um, before they get Campbell at home. God, Campbell in November. What are you, Alabama? Um, <laughs> all right. So then you get uh, Duke and Chapel Hill and you close at Clemson and at state. Yeah, they're gonna be riding like nine and one going into that last two games. Yeah, the last uh, that Campbell game. I mean, you know, get everybody rested because those last. I mean, even Duke at home. Like, who knows? Maybe Duke will be. I good. thought you said get everybody ar- arrested versus just get everybody rested. <laughs> no, that's, the that's a different form. school in the ACC, probably. <laughs> it's so that's weird. True. Duke is their homecoming, but Campbell isn't the week before. Well, because that's military. You gotta rest everybody though. for homecoming the next week. Yeah. I and also Cle- love Clemson that, at NC State is like brutal to end the season. Yeah, why? Why has Carolina we done this? Once. They're using the UVA, the white UVA V saber instead of you know what I mean? Because there's that mm-hmm. other version that they use. Like, why are you doing that? Like, why? Why? I mean, nobody else is doing that on their websites. You're just you, Carolina. Thanks a lot. All right. If somebody, guys, if if UVA, assuming UVA is not the worst team in the ACC, who is? I mean, is it weird if I want to say NC State? No, I'm kidding. I mean, look, if they if, can't be look, that bad, no, they can't be that bad. No, <laughs> it's Georgia probably, Tech or Virginia Tech. It's probably Georgia Tech, though. I think they're probably going to be improved. Um, Boston probably, College, yeah, probably Boston College. Yeah. I mean, that dude probably yeah, could get fired midseason. I mean, would that really surprise you? I mean, Louisville. Look, Louisville could be great, and they could be trash. They that's got true. so many new faces there. Um, well, that's but one I think of the problems. Brom's a good for, coach. I think yeah, that's the thing. I'm really curious to see what Brom does because I I think he you know he could be like the perfect fit for that school, you know, given their connections and all. Um, could totally see that working out. Could totally see it bombing the first year though, for sure. All right, I'd anything also like else? To put one chip on Miami being the worst team in the league just because that <laughs> just, would be just in case. Um, well, Justin, to go to just touch on the best championship game ever comment you made earlier, Justin. Um, I'm forgetting the, one. We've had Clemson number one against Miami number seven in 2017. Mm-hmm. 
Clemson number one against Carolina number eight in 2015. Okay. The best matchup was the 2020 game, Notre Dame and Clemson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, full member three. Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> see why they should join. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like oh, and they both went to the playoff, I believe, right? Um, yeah, I think that, I think they did. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, I remember the Miami one. I kind of yes, like did. I thought about that one right after I I said it because I remember they were pretty good, but then they just get absolutely housed in that game. Yes, <laughs> like, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. They were they kind of fell off. Remember, UVA almost beat them. Yeah. And then it was like, I think they lost the next game. Shout out to Mark Richt. Guys, I, I was, while you were talking, I just had to go back to Jeep Wade's profile. <laughs> when I tell you he coached at Georgia Southern, East Carolina, Middle Tennessee, Marshall, Chattanooga, UT Martin, Midwestern State, something called Mars Hill, and Tennessee. He was at Appalachian back, State. Back to back, year. I hope. <laughs> the way they've got it listed. Hold on, let me scroll down. He was at Chattanooga, then Mars Hill, and then to Tennessee as a graduate assistant for the offensive line, where he was there one season before he went to Midwestern State and then moved to UT Martin for a couple of years. That is, I mean, my dude, he did all that in 20 years. That is, that is a lot. Oh, wow. He was at UT. This is great audio for UVA fans. He was at UT Martin from 06 to 09, was gone at like five other schools, and then back to UT Martin. In 2018, Martin calls you home. What are you gonna do? You got you, hey, you got to drive your Jeep. Maybe that face um, wasn't surprised. Maybe that's just how he is. <laughs> Have um, you seen where I've been? He's like, yeah, I've been around the block a time or two. <laughs> yeah, two he, that, that dude Martin. has seen some stuff, man. All right, you guys got anything else before we wrap up? <laughs> I think we got it all. I think we covered yeah, it all. All right, if you're somebody out there who find the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you want to give us a rating or review, we'd appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody out there who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at catscorner.com. Ferber's working through um, you know, the various uh, media availabilities. He'll be at practices and all that fun stuff. And obviously, we still got some hoops recruiting stuff that is popping as well. So give us a look at the website. Uh, real quick, if you're somebody out there who likes to look up the names of people in like movies and TV shows and such, but the um, the IMDb app frustrates the crap out of you, check out Call Sheet in the App Store. It's fast. It respects your time. doesn't track you to death. And it's made by a real person and not a corporation. So give that a look and try it out for free. Um, highly recommend Call Sheet in case uh, you're one of those folks. I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence, Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Hey.